Welcome to episode number five, Carpe Diem. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, welcome to the Rotated Views Podcast, episode number five. This one is called Carpe Diem, Seize the Moment. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I am here with Goose, Heck, Manny, and Gabe. We got the full crew today. And uh, talking about seizing the moment, I wanted to uh, actually reply to an email that I received from a good friend of mine named Scott DeVore. What's up, Scott? We are going to answer your question. Scott DeVore is the chief financial officer of Sold Incorporated. Look this guy up. Purebred entrepreneur. And uh, we're going to answer his question. He just actually wanted, which is kind of funny, we are on now episode five. And he said, he asked us if we could kind of give a little intro of, you know, each member of the crew. So ironically, we did do this. But we never actually put it on either of our podcasts as of yet because things kind of got goofy and it, it really didn't make sense uh, where we we're going to you know, place it. So I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, my name is Jimmy Lee. That is my actual full name, J-I-M-M-Y-L-E-E. I am a father of one, happily married. I work at a hospital. I am a supervisor of health information management department. I went to Temple University in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and that's that's kind of the basics on me. So I will give the mic right over to my cousin Manny because we've received comments saying me and him have the same voice. So maybe if we put them right next to each other, you guys will be able to decipher who's who. So this is Manny. Uh, introduce yourself. Hello, my name's Manny. Um, I sound nothing like Jim. Hopefully you guys won't get us confused. Uh, but I also went to Temple University, uh, tidbit, uh, Jimmy Lee and I spent all four years together, dorm together, That's grew awesome. up together, it was fantastic. It's good times. Uh, I am a father of two, um, I am a manager of a department for an equipment uh, distributor. Um, my latest hobbies now are just chasing my kids around, just uh, being the best dad I could be. All right. Nice, nice, nice. All right, so let's jump over to my middle brother here, Heck. What's up? My name is Hector. They call me Heck for short. Keep it simple. Um, I'm happily married. Father of four girls. Yes, four girls. There's bless no boys. Oh, bless his heart. I'm an IT specialist. Cool. What's your hobby? Painting nails? Painting nails. And, yep, and braiding hair, too. So if any of you women <laughs> want your hair done by me. <laughs> Sweet. All right, Goose. This is my oldest brother, Goose. Yeah, my name is Miguel. Um, uh, they call me Goose. I don't know where that name really came from, but it's been a nickname for years. I am uh, Jimmy Lee's older brother. I'm a father of one. I'm also a barber. I'm uh, the owner of the barbershop that I work at, so that keeps me pretty busy throughout my week. So, uh, yeah, my time is precious because everyone wants to look fresh all the time. There it is. Another entrepreneur on our hands. All right, cool. And we go to my a good pal, Gabe, the IT guy for the podcast. What a pal. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, I'm the IT guy for the podcast, but my job is actually I do medical records for a local area hospital. I'm unmarried and I have no children, so that sets me apart from everybody else. Um, I'm also the resident like kind of geeky gamer guy, and I do part-time engineering school. Cool. Nice. All right, so there you have it, folks. Scott, I hope you appreciate that. And actually, we thank you because it's now episode five and we're kind of, you know, I guess giving ourselves a little bit more to the audience so you kind of get a better understanding and where we're coming from and who we are. Uh, With that being said, I want to start this segment off with a little story um, that is close to my heart and uh, I think it's pretty special. And I, I hope you guys enjoy it. And then we'll get, you know, comments again, like usual, from the guys. So. They're two guys who work together and both dislike their job. They always talked about becoming cops and living a much better life. One day, their employer offered tuition reimbursement as a benefit to their staff. The two guys talked about going to school for criminal justice. This could actually be a reality for them. They talked about all the benefits of becoming a cop, what entail, uh, including a much better lifestyle for their family. They schemed up plans on taking family vacations together, you know, and having this profession together. One guy 
actually enrolled into classes and followed his dreams, while the other guy made excuses about how complex uh, the enrollment process was. Either way, they remained working at this job they disliked over the course of two more years. They still talked about, you know, taking family vacations, a better lifestyle, and having a much more gratifying career. One day happened. The one day happened. And their friendship changed forever. The one guy who went to school for criminal justice graduated and immediately landed his dream job. Within a few short years, he began achieving all his goals they talked about, including earning double the salary of what was previously of what he was previously making. The two guys met up for lunch and caught up on life. The one guy is still complaining about his job and actually got demoted with a pay cut and now the and the now cop achieved everything they dreamed about. Interestingly enough, the guy who's still at the old job is still complaining about everything and is still talking about one day he'll go back to school and be part of the state's law enforcement, but only if he can find the time. So, with that being said, talking about seizing the moment, I think that is also a, a story about, uh, you know, jumping on the opportunity, aka seizing the moment, jumping on an opportunity that is before us. And it's interesting because we have one guy who basically sees this. It almost appears to him. He has this level of awareness that, okay, this is my door. This is my door, you know, you know, opportunities knocking, right, with tuition reimbursement. Because the first excuse was we can't afford school, but now the their employer is offering them, you know, offering to pay for, you know, you know, tuition reimbursement. And so he sees that's his opportunity and he jumps all over it. Which goes back to the question to me when, when I when I heard, do sometimes people just, I guess, dream things up and don't really want them and they're just saying it just to sound good or, or you know, because this guy's saying, yeah, I want to become a cop, but when the opportunity literally to become a cop was free, he still, you know, made up another excuse and was still uh, coming up with, you know, his own barriers almost. It could be like, that, yeah, he wants to do that, but maybe it's the fear of failing that prevents him from actually wanting to go through with it and more preventing him, you know, just adding more excuses on top of what's maybe already it's there. Self-motivation. I mean, maybe he's he's just talking it up because his buddy's talking it up and then he's like, yeah, uh, yeah that's not right for me. Yeah, but, I, you know, we, we all talked about this too because they said, you know, you become uh, you know, kind of the average of the five people you hang around most. Um, and I guess that's just a just an average. So I guess he kind of falls off on you know the other part of the scale there. But it's interesting because you you would think you can do it together. You're not because that's mo- you could be motivating each other. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. What I, I was gonna say it's like uh like they they can motivate each other in going. And if it's it can turn into like a competitive thing, like where right. they Absolutely. both can do it, and all of a sudden they're they're completing in classes. It could be who has a better grade, or actually in the law enforcement, being a cop, they have like like uh, exercises they have to do and they have the time or whatever. Everything right, can right, be right. like a full and then they can finish successfully together, which right. that's the story surprises me how it just split up in like two right. different ways. And, I, you know, when I first read this, I was ex- I was going to get excited. I, I didn't realize it was a seize the moment kind of uh, story. And I was like, wow, these guys are really, what if they really were, ended up being partners and everything? Like they're driving in the same, yeah. you know, cop yeah. car. And all. I thought that was cool. But uh, one, one, one person didn't jump on the opportunity and which brings me also to the you know the thought that how many opportunities are we given or just literally th- that's that's like a bone that was thrown at him i mean like free tuition yeah. you know what yeah, i mean yeah. his buddy's already doing it you know um how many opportunities are we actually missing or or do we know that we're missing uh just to, just that level of awareness of the one guy taking full-fledged action on something and the other one just not doing anything that's what that's what i was trying to say in the beginning like was he just just talking just to have a conversation or was this something that he really want and what you said uh could be the fear of failing interestingly though within two years he got a pay cut yeah and got demoted while the other one literally made double for taking the risk i guess if you i don't even know if you will call that a risk but i guess he got penalized for stagnation yeah it's almost like if you're always moving. Yeah. There, there's no there's no staying still. You're always moving. And I, I learned this. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. There's no just staying still. And when you're staying still, guess what, guys? That's called moving backwards because everyone else is just blown by you. And it's funny that he says, like, he, when he can find the time, it's the 
there's never really truly the right time. It's when you want that, decide to do it is the right ever. time. Yeah. There's never. I know. Time just doesn't linger around. And you're like, oh, yeah, two weeks from now, I have this amount of time for six months or whatever I could do. You just have to squeeze it in. You have to make it. It's all on. On that person's ambitious, actually, like absolutely, if, if they're if they're like that's what they really really want to do. I mean, it's the biggest asset that we have is time. Um, you can have all the money in the world. The one thing that because you can lose all the money, right, that you had in the world, and then you could get gain it back. The problem with time is you can't get it back. You're losing it. So those two years. I would love to get more details about the story. Like, what was this guy doing? Yeah. So another person, I guess the one person was going home and studying. And while you were doing what? You just literally just let the time go by. Or he, he could have been busy. It's not to, you know, yeah, completely yeah. bash this guy. But what his excuse was, the time. Listen, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, no one has time. You make the time. You get up early. You go to bed late. You do whatever it is. My wife will tell you right now, there's numerous times she, like, literally... I'm passed out on on the couch doing research on something or writing, you know, lyrics to whatever it was on my uh, spoken word album, writing my book, pages of my book, just on my phone on a little notepad. Brainstorm. My my lunch breaks are a sandwich is in my mouth and I'm doing research on something and you know writing stuff for you know the the blog. It's nonstop, but it's how bad do you want it? Or I can say like, oh, no, I need this time to eat my, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. I need this half hour break. It's to me, it's just am I taking a full fledged advantage of the time that I'm given? Right. We don't know when our last day is. We don't know, you know, when we're going to be called up, you know, upstairs, so to speak. So for us to just kind of continually come up with if you can't do it now, then when? I think we talked about this on one of the other um, shows that like, it's kind of prioritizing what you consider the most important uh, of your day is that you when you actually look back and, and actually like write out everything you've done for the day, I'm sure you can find probably an hour or two of stuff you're just lacking off and doing who knows what. And within that time frame, you can actually do something productive and Absolutely. actually look go towards what you're actually trying to uh, accomplish your goals. Absolutely. I mean, how many times have we said we're going to get to something? We'll do it or... I know even me, which is kind of funny. I'm like, oh man, I, I you know I want to do the fence in my, or my house one of these, but then I keep coming up with all these. Oh well, first I gotta get a shed, and then and then I gotta I want to redo the you know the blacktop, and then I'll get and it's just I'm building up all these things when I didn't. You know, four years pass by and I still don't have a fence. I still have four different fences in each of them, <laughs> each neighbor that I have. It, it's I mean we all do it. It's just to the degree to me that's I I, I prioritize. What I'm, you know, putting off, um, obviously that literally doesn't matter to me. It's not like our fence is falling. So I put other things like my book, other things like the podcast, other things like my career, my family first and probably use my time, which I would say is wisely uh, for me in my life anyway, uh, and invest that what I can. Plus, here's the other thing, dude. When you're young, you have so much energy I'm t- I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about myself. I'm a thir- I'm 30 years old, right? That's young. That's energetic. Um, I mean, what in the world? What else am I going to do? That's what I'm saying. Now is the time to use. And the more you put off, dude. If you think about it, what are you going to be older and then have? That's not to say nothing that there's not fit. You know, older people out there. But while you have the energy, while you have the ambition and the motivation, everyone knows. They say this about they say this about sports. They say this about the music industry. It's a young person's game. Why? Why do they say it's a young person? Because it's you have to be energetic. You have to be motivated. You have to want it. After a while, we get burnt out, right? Yep. Life just knocks us around so many times that we keep putting stuff off. You're gonna end up like that guy who got demoted, yeah. who's ticked off about life, always angry, always tired. You ever notice that? The the more people I run into that are entrepreneurs that are motivated, it almost seems like they they're doing more than you're doing who's a person who just has a 40-hour work week. These guys are putting in 80 to 100 hours a week and they look more vibrant, they look more energetic, they they look more lively, and then you're the one saying that you don't have enough time. That being said, has anyone had like an opportunity that you let, you know, slip through your hands and, you know, you wish you could go back? I'm not saying that you wish you go back, but you at least were have the maturity to say uh, yeah, that probably slipped through my hands because I, 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 I do honestly believe um, things happen for a reason. And if, you know, there's an opportunity that you didn't jump on, um, there should have been a lesson in that. But is there anything that you're like, dang, this I, I have an example. 
probably the other way. One, well, well, I'll have two. One is college. I wish I would have taken more advantage of the resources uh, available to us at Temple or some of the organizations to get more involved. Uh, definitely uh, missed the boat there. Just kind of stayed in my own little bubble, kind of stayed with what I knew and what I was comfortable with uh, and just wanted to get out of there. I'm um, not a big fan of school, so uh, looking back at it and kind of having some, some hindsight here, I'd want to go back and probably take advantage of, of those f- four years that I kind of let kind of slip by. Uh, but the one thing that for me was uh, right after school, I was 23 years old, just got into an apartment, and I was like, man, life is passing me by. So I was like, I have to seize the moment is what I keep telling myself. Right. Seize the moment. Okay. So this is kind of a stupid example, but for me, this worked in the opposite. A guy in a van has is driving around and says, hey, do you want a stereo? Two weird guys come up and say, hey, man, our boss um, wanted us to deliver this. They didn't want to take it. We got oh, two. Man. You want it on a deal. Stereos. This, correct. Right. Uh, sound system. I'm like, this is, this is it. This is like, this is telling me, go do it. My gut is screaming, don't know right. stay away and what did i do i went i pulled out 300 now mind you 23 years old just moved into apartment i probably only had about mm, 600 in savings right right i pulled out 350 dollars, and the guy's like i'll give it to you on a deal i was like man give me give it to me for 300 <laughs> he's like oh dude you're real i'm like come on man he says okay i think i get a deal and i'm like yeah i'm whistling dixie all the way to the to the bank yeah i pull out the money i give the guy the money and I'm taking my cousin home, and as he's going home, he's like, he looked at the brand, and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Inside, I have like a rush. I'm like, oh my, I'm seizing the moment, right? Right, right. He goes on the internet, and he says, yo, man, that's a scam, dude. And I'm like, no. I immediately, my gut starts screaming at me, and I'm like freaking out. <laughs> from that moment on, from that moment on, I never, ever uh, had an opportunity or was kind of given an opportunity that I didn't listen to my gut. So that was the one opportunity that I seized, Right, kicked me in the nuts. I guess the lesson in all of that was to say, um, I don't do anything. There's no opportunities that I haven't given thought for and listened to my gut. Um, So I no longer have opportunities that pass me by where I'm like, "Uh, I can't remember something I've let pass. Where I've been like, man, I should have jumped on that. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. That's that's called uh, your intuition. And um, same thing has happened to me. There's something called a tech center uh, on Temple University's campus where, you know, it's just this huge building that's loaded with computers, you know, study rooms, boardrooms, whatever. You sign in, whatever. It's, it's, it's access for Temple students. Basically, we would write our papers. Well, I would write my papers there. Uh, print out projects, whatever you had to do. And oh, and I held a couple meetings there, kind of group projects there. And that's pretty much where it ended for me. I remember one time, I actually, it was like a Friday afternoon. I finished everything. Um, there was nothing to do till the evening. And it was like two hours, like three o'clock. So it was like two hours before we went to dinner or anything like that. So I started just walking around the tech center, uh, kind of seeing, you know, what else it had to offer. Cause I know there was a whole other section. I literally was there for however many years. And this is like my senior year and I'm wandering around the tech center just discovering this other like wing or whatever it was. It had all Apple products. So one half of it was like just design rooms. I guess you can do like graphic play around graphic design. This wasn't like to specific students. It was like to all students. You had access to this. And then there was another one where it's like a recording studio. Then there's other one that had like a keyboard attached to the monitor or whatever it was. So it was basically a garage band when all that stuff was like kind of going on. And I'm looking back now, I'm like, I totally missed. I could have cut this learning curve that I'm doing with every, ironically, everything I was doing was recording an album, uh, doing shooting videos, uh, shooting the podcast now. I had that at my fingertips there at Temple. Didn't realize it. That was an opportunity I didn't even know I missed until afterwards I'm looking I'm like wow I had not only to just anything it was like top of the line Apple products and the same thing I wanted to join like a society for like entrepreneurs uh, to kind of get more of a you know like an insight on how you know things operate on the business end because at that point when I became interested I was already in my senior year uh, there at Temple but that being said I was doing a marketing business that did teach me a lot you know about entrepreneurship making my own mark here in this world but 
that being said, let's jump on to dad life segment. Um, do you guys, any of you guys um, have advice for parents on seizing the moment uh, with your children or a time where you seized the moment uh, with your child and it's kind of like, man, I'm glad I did that. I know for me and my wife last year, of my, my son was at this point a year and a half. We were going back and forth with getting him involved with an activity. Obviously, he's an only child. Um, he has a ton of cousins, but we went to him. I don't know. We're excited. New new parents. And we're like, you know, let's get him involved in something. He's walking. He's kind of like running around. He's He seemed to be throwing a ball and kicking a ball pretty far. My wife looks up something online or heard it from someone randomly that they started soccer in our area at 18 months. So we jumped all over it. Um, and I was kind of like weird at first about it because I was unsure. I'm like, dude, this is going to be a waste of money. They're just going to be a bunch of kids running around in circles. Nothing's going to make sense. So we signed him up. We go to the first practice, right? And all of a sudden, my the worst thought came to reality. The teacher, the instructor, dumps like a bunch of blocks onto like the middle circle of this indoor gymnasium or whatever, this middle school. And I'm like, dude, I knew it. We just paid a good shiny penny for these kids to just play. This is all they're going to do. They're just going to get in circle and throw blocks at each other. And James is wild. So I know he's not going to be paying attention. He's going to be running around in circles. And so she says, you know, everyone grab five blocks or whatever. So she's like saying colors. Right. So we put all the blocks and, and we stand them up. We stand them up and the kids are all happy or whatever. And then he said, okay, run away from your parent and pretend you're a bear. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. So if anyone knows me, I'm almost six foot four, six three, two hundred 200 plus he pounds. Is the bear. I'm, well, I'm this goofy human being with all these little toddlers running around acting like a bear and my kid is chasing me. And all I can think of is how much I paid for this. So I'm, it's driving me absolutely insane. I'm like, what is the point of this? I don't get it. What are we doing? And then all of a sudden, all right, get to the line and then run. And then I understood the running thing. I'm like, okay, I get this. Then we went back to these blocks and then they started rolling out the balls. So then they were doing like a hand-eye coordination thing where having the kids build their own little you know, house or little wall and then kick the ball into this wall and then knock it down and then p- build it back together. I'm like, oh, okay. So that does kind of make sense. I get that. Um, the other thing was she got a bunch of cones and just started throwing them like cones, like uh, all different colors. So the kid had to say the color and, and pick them up with their foot and then stand them up. And then run over and kick them. So then I'm like, ah, oh, this is all coming together. Kind of like the whole balance and agility thing. Uh, coordination. Then they're running. And then what What was crazy about this the soccer league for 18-month-old. It was 18 to, 18 to 24 months. At the end, by the time they're done, it was a short thing. It was like a two-month you know, league or whatever. Um, they incorporated all those exercises into eventually you understood what they were doing and it made sense to soccer. Mind you, yeah. I have the the funny part about that was you would have thought I was I just said that story as if I have this tremendous background in soccer. <laughs> I have I didn't I know nothing about soccer, but I was not understanding what was going on. But I was actually patient, but I'm like looking at my wife, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me right now. What is going on? And she's loving it. She's having a blast. You know, that's what she does. You know, like a little butterfly floating around with James. Well, I'm, I'm, I am having fun, but at the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, this better have something to do with soccer. And I said all that to say, I am so happy we did that. I'm so happy we, we jumped on that opportunity because after starting to share what James was doing with other people who had children of similar age, they didn't even, they weren't even aware that they had this league. So I was like, wow, that's kind of cool that we did this with him at such an early age. And a lot of people didn't even know about it. I'm, I'm, I'm still baffled how we knew about it but that was just one of those things where you know patience paid off does anyone else have like a seizing moment with their kid i look at it from probably a different perspective having two children my first one i was kind of on the younger side and still kind of ignorant to a lot of things Uh, my daughter now who is four years younger than my son uh, i i seize the moment with her much more than i did with my son are you saying in life in general or something yeah, specific? No, and, and just in everything. Like he You're grew, cherishing this stuff. Uh, yes, it's more of a, a cherishing and then seizing the opportunity when presented. You know, yesterday was a rainy day, dreary day. We spent all day in the house, and it was just me and her. Right. 
and uh, she went to sleep. I laid down with her for about 20 minutes and just like held her close. She's little and right. she's not always going to be little. We grow up, right. obviously. Um, they get bigger. Like my son wants to lay in the bed. He's now a grown man. He's like, no, man, you're too big at this point. So my daughter right now. He's like, dad, seize the moment. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> it's too much right now, buddy. It's too much. Um, but I, 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 take the, uh, I take the opportunity now that I realize what I kind of missed right. or didn't seize at that moment with my son. I can do that with her, um, obviously, hindsight. He enabled me to seize more moments with her. Uh, but then in doing that, you know, when I get the time and think like, man, he's seven now and we're going through baseball. Yeah. Like enjoy the catches because at one point he's going to throw too hard and you're going to be too old. And she's going to be like, all right, man, I'm done. You know, so in, you know, I enjoy it now more so, you know, now that I can kind of see it from a 30,000 foot view of things. I mean, I think, th- I think they actually say that about grandparents, right? Oh, yeah. I feel like sometimes as a parent, sometimes we're kind of rushing around especially not even just even being a parent, just people in general in this current society, we're constantly rushing around. Everything is now, now, now. They call this a microwave society, right? The millennials are taking over. They want everything yesterday. Everything's fast. Everything's on social media. It's spinning around. And this goes back to the point, how many things are we missing by rushing around so much? You know, how they say, you know, stop and smelling the flowers every once in a while. And I think that's that's something that we need to be conscious of and, and be aware of to sometimes slow down, as Manny was saying, and cherish those moments, right? I mean, like I said this in the beginning, we don't know when when our last day here is, and here we are, you know, rushing through it. You, you have a like complete opposite, either rushing through it or doing absolutely nothing, right? Just laying around and, and, and not accomplishing any, anything, not, you know, bettering yourself, and it's just, it's one of those times where you have to like sit back and think, am I, you know, what, what kind of person are you? Are you rushing through everything? Are you not doing anything at all? Are there opportunities that have been presented to you that maybe you could still go back and grab? Um, this is the time. We don't have, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Yesterday's gone, right? Actually, I was going to finish this this uh this podcast with a quote by Mother Teresa, but I'll say it right now. She says, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We only have today. Let us begin. I mean, dude, that gives me chills when I say that because we're all here, how much planning and, and everything that goes into each one of these podcasts. And it's funny because if we weren't taking advantage of, you know, the skill sets, the talents, uh, the resources that we have, none of this would uh, you know manifest, right? We jumped on something. Obviously, it started off as a dream or whatever. But a lot of people talk, right? Me and Gabe were me and Gabe were doing the math. It went from a small conversation, and in six weeks, we had basically a mini studio. Yeah, exactly. And it's even since we started, it's upgraded multiple times. Uh, yeah, then. every week, <laughs> every week there's something you know. But it's like it's the- always constantly trying to improve on what we've been doing anyway, too, and Absolutely. you know, and constantly looking for you know that the new. Well, it, the best. Yes, is what we want because I think it was in the first podcast we we're talking about Mercedes Benz. Their their slogan is uh, the best or nothing. And I said that from the beginning. I said I want the best stuff. Uh, somebody was talking about microphone stands. I said, you know what? Stop looking. I'm gonna. I want to. Well, I'm going to do more research. Or No, I not say, stop looking. I said, don't buy them. I said, hold off. Let's get the best ones we can possibly get, obviously, within reason. Mm-hmm. And and that is a conversation that I had with someone. And six weeks later, we're literally recording our first one. And uh, some people might say, wow, those a month and a half. That's kind of long. If you ever put something together yeah. to this caliber, you would understand that's actually really fast. And not only that, the quality of what it is we're not recording on cell phones or anything like that which is the legit thing so it's, it's just going back and seeing i had a conversation with manny i had a conversation with heck i had a conversation with goose we had a conversation with gabe every conversation it just went well and everyone was excited about it not only that we jumped on the opportunity we took action me and goose were having this conversation last night we're talking about applying what we learned actually shout out to my buddy gilbert rodriguez Pure Line Plumbing uh, in North Carolina. He, uh, we're also talking about this with him. He's talking about action takers. He was here. We're sitting in the office slash now studio, and we're talking about you can read because he asked me. He's like, 
I have a stack of books. So he's like, did you read all those books? And I said, actually, the, the majority of them, yes. But the biggest thing, that that's not impressive to me. I don't care if you have a whole library full of stuff of books that you quote unquote have, even if you read them. The thing here is the application of the knowledge uh, that you've gained through these materials, right? It makes no sense. People say knowledge is power. Knowledge is not power, okay? It's applied knowledge is power. You know, they say it's like a constipation of knowledge, right? You just have so much stuff in your head and you're like, like I want to get it out. And you don't do it. You don't use it. What's the point? I've been there. I've been there. I've, I've read book in, book out, cover to cover, cover to cover. Wow, it's great information. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm still doing the same thing. That was a huge learning curve for me. That was like a huge uh, moment that I realized, I'm like, whoa, 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 I got to start applying. That's why I don't care anymore how many books. It's it's more of a quality thing to me. It's what I'm getting out of that and getting out of something is the application of what you're learning. Go, going back to what, what, I, what we were talking about, seizing the moment and... and you know, having the two gentlemen, um, you know, guy one and guy two, one one going after his dreams and, and putting in the time and the other one not, and then talking about cherishing the moment. What what do you guys do? And I'll kind of throw it out there. What do you guys do to find the balance between seizing the moment and cherishing, you know, your time? Because, I mean, they are kind of on the opposite spectrums. Like, how are you cherishing your time if you're constantly chasing a goal or pushing towards something, is is there a balance or is there one or the other? Or, I mean, what do you, I mean? What is in talking? I'm like thinking like, how do you do both? Can you do both? I think it's the same thing. I think you're giving value to your time by jumping on specific opportunities. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. You have to be careful on what you're choosing. You have like you're saying now. You know you've learned your lesson from getting that you know jip with that stereo system or whatever it is. It's picking the right opportunities for you. Just because listen, every opportunity that comes your way, it might not be for you. There's so many things that sound so good. That's one thing we all learned. There's so many opportunities out there. The thing is, is you have to put an understanding. And once you once you experience you know certain levels of of application when it comes to opportunity, you know, okay, that's not for me. And for me to stop, you know, putting my time into stuff that I know is not going to work specifically for me, that's me valuing my own time. That's me learning from my mistakes. That's me learning from my experiences. So I feel like in a way, it's kind of the same thing. The, the pursuit is where you got to be careful. You always have to, no matter what, whether it's, whether you're a dream chaser or whether you're just kind of a chill, laid back kind of person, you always everyone has to find balance. It doesn't matter because it's not just in chasing dreams. It's in uh, health. It's in you know your spiritual sense, your relational sense. You and your wife, you and your brother, you and your parents, uh, your work life uh, balance. You have to find there's a balance with everything. So it's really that juggle. You have to find what works for you. To you, or to me, let's just say. One guy might be like constantly chasing something. He's like, oh my God, he's always at it. That's his norm, right? So we're, we're all kind of like at our own levels. Then to me, someone who's not doing anything, that's like, dude, you're never doing anything. But in his mind, he's, he's taking action. I don't know what it is, but I'm making, you know, a perceived judgment because of how I see being a go-getter or how I see chasing the opportunity or seizing the moment. Um, sometimes people are just, you, you always had that kid who always finished the test first. You always and it was sometimes he actually had a better grade than you. And you're like, mm. how in the world is this happening right now? Or <laughs> I remember people. I raced one time. Like, uh, <laughs> let me hurry up and finish before so and so does. <laughs> think I'm like, uh, they got it all right. I know I'm gonna get it all right, dude. I bombed that test. I think I got a zero on it. It was like but, the worst the, decision ever. <laughs> but like with that too, it's like you can't compare whatever level you're at yes, to somebody else's absolutely. best. Exactly. Too. So that's like, what yeah, I learned. They may be, amazing at whatever they do but if you just try to like rush through it and, and try to compare it to them yeah. obviously it's not going to measure up i mean uh, going back to temple university was a perfect example there's kids at temple that just got it right i mean to, for well to me and they're i'm like dude he's not even doing any work this guy has better grades than me and they're not cheating they're not doing anything. they're just they just they're 
intelligence level when it came to the academics of you know college is just at a whole nother level where for me i had to be in the library every day i had to be at the tech center you know doing my thing and research or whatever that was the only that was the, that's what worked for me to some people manny can tell you it was like dude this is non-stop da, da, da. it wasn't even that it was just I, that's what i had to do to mm. to you know get the grade that i wanted that i desired I had a pal who went through the same, you know, courses as I did. He, he studied his tail off, but I definitely put in more time. But I, I actually think he graduated a better GPA than I did. Right? I mean, so it was like I just didn't have that. Yeah, right? everybody, I had everybody a, has different. Styles. I had to work way more. Well, for me, I thought it was working way more just to get a basic understanding that him naturally was kind of like, you know, they call it like that photogenic, mm. you know, memory type of thing. He read it once, he got it. He was good. Yeah. For me, it was like I had to read that thing 15 times, write it down, type it out, email it to myself, send it to my professor, have them proofread it, get it back. And then I was like, okay, I got it. That's going to be A. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, it was brutal. And I'm not sure if that's that even answers your question. No, not even close. It, it's uh, <laughs> What was the question? Here's, the question is, it's, how, do you, how do you guys stop and smell the roses? Is, that's the question. Because that, to me, what I'm asking is you're, you're grinding – Mike, Mikey pushing yeah. to, to to open up another portion of a shop to continue to grow his brand. Uh, heck, to be the best IT specialist to continue to move up. How do you stop? Like you're so worried about the grind and with your family, how do you stop and and kind of smell the roses to really like okay, enjoy that because when it's you know when that time's gone, it's gone. So how do you stop and enjoy well, it and make for it a me? I'm, I'm all about like uh, organization. Like I try to keep like things in in like a timely matter in my head, like Tuesday, my schedule is Tuesday through Saturday, I'm at the shop. So I know from nine to like eight every day, that's where I'm going to be at. And then after that, I'll go eight o'clock or whatever, nine, I'll go to the gym. And that's where my mind just like, I free my mind. Mm -hmm. Saturdays, Saturday evening, depending if I have my daughter or not, that's all on her. Sunday, I keep strictly to like just family. Like I don't do anything. I don't like brainstorm on anything else. That's like my, my relaxed day. Like, I don't, like, think hard. I don't do anything. I just chill out with my family. Like, well, you guys all know. And then Mondays is, like, my my runaround day where I go and run my errands, do what I have to do. I feel like I do more work on a Monday not even being in the shop than I – and then at the end of that day, it, which isn't a long day on Mondays, that's when I sit back and, like, reevaluate my whole week. Like, was it a successful week? Because mm-hmm. that's where my week – like, everyone's – my Sundays and Mondays are everyone's Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. So, like, my week for me starts on Tuesday. So, Monday night is when I reevaluate everything. Was it a success? Right. Did I do what I had to do? Right. Or do I have to do more? Or should I slow down? Or should I spend more time with my daughter? Should I, you know what I mean? Like, right. That's where, my, that's where my stuff goes. Or, like, Mondays, actually, we, we meet up here. We do this podcast Monday nights. Like, right. that's, that's where your mind just explodes. And I feel like I, I think more on Mondays. Right. And, uh... I don't know if that even answered anything. But. Yeah, that that's um, that's huge because that's for me. That's what my thing is uh, prioritizing. Make sure things are. And I have a high emotional intelligence. So when I was talking about earlier, it was an IQ. My EQ is very high, so I sense things very easily. I can read people super easy. I can tell when it's like, all right, maybe I should pay attention to certain, you know, something else, you know, closer or whatever it is. But I'm the same way. I have I have to do you know work when I, when I drive into work. We're talking about this when we drive into work. We have certain things. Um, when we come back from work, I know I don't start quote unquote grinding till eight o'clock. So from eight o'clock and on, um, that's when my beautiful wife then you know goes full force and you know doing her thing, um, you know, trying to put the baby to sleep and stuff like that. Everything's quiet here. That's when I kind of go in my office and kind of do my thing when it comes to school. That's when I'm studying. And the other thing is like on the weekends is definitely like a family thing. Unless there's like a special reason why I'm working, it's very rare. So I'm always doing something. We always try to kind of hang out with friends or go out to dinner or uh, do something with James, uh, go to the park or something like that. And Sunday fun day kind of thing as well. And then lastly is a, um, I'm on a weekly mastermind call um, with my buddy Scott. We then kind of ground each other like, all right, maybe we should, you know, put more attention towards this. Because we're not just talking about being, you know, an entrepreneur or a go-getter. It's it's everything. It's being a husband. It's being a father. Um, it's being a role model. It's being a leader. And we kind of 
dude, are you paying attention to this? Did you look at that? So that kind of winds me down. And in conversations uh, with you guys, when we do hit that weekend, we're relaxing. We're definitely taking advantage of, you know, the good weather and stuff like that. So I still don't even know if that answered your question. But yeah, I I don't I what don't even. What are know. you looking for, man? You answer your question, can you? How I do it, heck, to answer your question is we have at work. Uh, it was your question, but yeah. Well, to cause <laughs> you answered, uh, you already tried to answer my question with the question, but yeah. it's it's just I I took pictures. So we had uh, at work we took a uh, we took a large project on and it was a full demo, putting things back up. So going through it, you don't realize how crappy it was. But after I took pictures and looked back into my phone and I, I rolled through, I was like, man, do you remember when? And that's when we had the opportunity to go back and kind of like, man, we went through that. And we, we looked back and it was like, man, do you remember going through that? We stopped and smelled the roses and we stopped and paused and looked at it and said, look where we started to now look where we are. Um, and I took pictures of that. Like I can remember taking mental pictures of Jimmy Lee over his desk, literally pulling out his front hairs. <laughs> He would literally pull his hair out while studying, and I'm talking about four o'clock in the morning. So I can go back, like you go back and appreciate that. Like, can you go back and appreciate that? Like, that's something to be, I guess, proud of. For me, anyway, looking at it, like, man, you woke up at five o'clock every morning in college, and would literally pull your hair out studying, <laughs> and like to go back and think about it. And, like, man, did you really enjoy? It? Obviously, you didn't enjoy it because it was kind of a crappy time. But you know, what- yeah, no, I mean, like, like I said, I'm I'm that a person where I can. I reflect every single day. So I guess I'm, I'm totally, there's no like one, like five months in a row where I'm just like, all right, I need a vacation for everything. Yes, I do. We all need that, you know, that time away to set back and kind of get away from the craziness. But I actually do like every single day I reflect before I go to bed is I actually think about, I read this somewhere. It said, think about how your day went, fix all the stuff to make them right in your mind. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of puts you in a good mood or whatever, puts mm-hmm. you like in a, you know, happy space. The other thing is a, um, a book called The Power by Rhonda Byrne was was the most influential book. I mean, I literally carried this book everywhere for like 3 years. And it was it had it got it got me in the the I guess the mindset of gratitude, just constantly being thankful, constantly. Literally there's an exercise where she says for every step you take, say thank you. Up until, like, if you, once you, so when you get out of your car, when you park at work, if for anyone who drives into work, from the second you close the door to your car, every step you take, say thank you. And it kind of puts you in this, a different emotional state, um, level of awareness. You're like, wow, you have actually do start appreciating things, um, and going back. But, you know, touching back on what you're saying about college, I do it all the time. There's times where I'm just, like I said, it's quiet, you know. My wife and my son are sleeping. I'm just sitting downstairs, literally just staring. The TV's off, but I'm staring at the TV, kind of just going through the things like, how did I get here? You know, like in a happy way, like, man, look at all the stuff that we did. You know, all the, the hard times that we went through, the whole, you know, a lot of times we we, we hold back our emotions. We, we hold back so much that we don't show it. So sometimes it might just seem like we're just constantly just like full-fledged, like, you know, animals, but it's, you're kind of protective in that way because I don't know, it's a weird thing. You always feel like you have to provide and you have to be like that, you know, whatever, uh, uh, just non-stoppable, you know, stoppable force that's just always trying to, you know, get it, so to speak. But it's, it's not that it's in my, in my mind, you know, it might seem that way, but it's really, it really is every single night. I actually reflect and appreciate. And like I said, I do these like little weird exercises where I am being thankful and being, you know, having, you know, gratitude for, you know, the life. That's better. I like it. That's more of an answer. Reflecting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, um, if, if anyone's interested in the whole gratitude thing, there's a bunch of books out there, but, uh, Norman Vincent Peale. Power of Positive Thinking is a book. Um, there's a positive a, a, a book titled Positive Self Talk. That's where it actually started for me. Was you know how how I'm talking to myself, and then uh, The Power by Rhonda Byrne. That that all those books will put you in a state of uh, gratitude. And oh my gosh, that changed everything for me because it's kind of what you're saying. You're I'm just driving without the music on and just going and reflecting everything like. Thank God that I have these four wheels that I'm getting. Thank you start and it it says 
be thankful for a hundred things before you get to your first destination. So now you're starting to think, thank you for the air in my tires. You literally get down to that <laughs> level because you're like, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my family. Thank you. And you keep going in. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my salary. Thank you. And then all of a sudden you're like, uh, uh, thank you for the steering wheel actually functioning. Thank you for my turn signals. Those are things we actually do take for granted, but it's kind of funny because yeah. then I'm yeah. starting. And the only reason why I could say this because I literally did it. It's kind of funny that you say it, but thank you for my shoes. It's all the stuff that, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that we take for granted that that exercise makes you realize how, I don't know, how good we have it. I got you. And that's, and that's more of the answer in the question, so. Yeah, so. All right, so let's jump into the what would you do segment of the podcast. This is actually from an article by Chrissy Stockton uh, titled 50 Would You Rathers That Will Destroy You Forever, which is kind of an intimidating uh, title. But um, So let's say some mad scientist comes up to you and shows you two different time machines, and you have to make a decision right now, seizing the moment, if you want to take advantage of of this once-in-a-lifetime situation. So this was number 22 on her list. Would you rather have a time machine that only goes back in time or a time machine that only goes forward in time? Um, for clarification, is it a one-way trip? Like it's, you can only go into the past and you're stuck there or in the future and you're stuck there or is it forward and backwards? Like we'll, you back to the present. We will bring you back. Okay. Yeah, so but you can only do it once. You can only do it once, and it's only in one direction. If you go so back, you're gonna it... come back. So yeah, you can either go back and fix your, you know, your past, or you can go see your future and kind of change it. As it's kind of open ended. Yeah, that that is actually a good point. I'm not now, sure if you can change do you it. have to be around, <laughs> like alive at this moment? Because for me, I would say I would go back into the fifties. No, no, no. This, what it is. this, this okay. is something. Okay, so me and Gabe were kind of talking about this over the weekend or the weekend before. Was, yeah, well, how long? So, I, so I said, all right. So you can go five hundred years back or five hundred years forward. Uh, okay. So either that's, way, that's you want to be alive. You want to be around dinosaurs? That's cool. Five hundred years. <laughs> not not five hundred thousand years. Heck. <laughs> uh, so so wait, how far can you like in your lifetime? So is right? there? Is that the, no, no, no. Is that it's the only beyond, beyond your lifetime, and and you are a, as your present time person. You're you you guys are you all are what you know now, but you can go back in time. Yes, the age okay. you are, everything that you are now, yeah. um, but you can go back five hundred years forward or five hundred years back. And the reason why we put this date on there because it can get like ridiculous. Uh, but the problem is, I'll give you I'll give you my answer to to make this to kick this off. I said I would go five hundred years forward. Being that if I can go back 2,000 years and, you know, hang out and talk to Jesus or something, that'd yeah. be cool for me. But 500 years ago is not, you know, something that grabs, for me personally, grabs my attention so much that I want to go back there. I think it is a cool era. I would love to go back there. But if I had to choose between, I would like to see what's to come or what's coming. I feel like when I come back, I'm like prepared or something like that. I don't know. So 500 years forward for me, I think would be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I actually have to agree with that in terms of me. I'm a lot more technology minded. So I'd rather see where technology has gone that far in advance. Right. Five years because it changes dramatically over, you know, course of 10, 15 years, let no, alone. 500 days. Yeah, exactly. So let alone 500 years in the future, what that would even look like. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. See, I'd be intrigued to go back 500 years just because it's a... Uh See everything from the beginning. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs> see everything from the way beginning. Like, see how things are being made, especially technology. Technology's yeah. come a long ways to see how it all, you know, the, the light being made or, or a telephone being made. Like, that's just, to me, that's all intriguing. Like, seeing things that, that were That is crazy. That's being all, made. like, within 100 plus, like, under 120 years, Absolutely. I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, that's, that's, that's where I would take it. I would take it back. And then... Just come back and. But you're right. Like going knowledge. back to, um, there there are eras that I w I would love to go back. Like I would love to just for a day or two go to the 20s, then the 30s, then yeah. the 40s. Oh, I would love to go from like absolutely. the 1900s or like maybe like 1890 to you know to when I was born. But at my age now to kind yes. of experience yes. those 10 years, those gaps, just to fully grasp what was really going because it was like some high times, some low times. But just to actually, I'm like, I don't want to stay here. But it'd be cool to kind of cool see how it was. Visit. Even like walking into like saloons and kind of like that whole like thing. I think it's awesome. Then people are like, yeah, well, there's no electricity. I'm like, oh, yeah, take me back. Yeah. You know? Is there a time limit you're there for? No. I mean, I think she it was it was very open-ended okay you guys are super specific <laughs> i have well, i didn't even think of that i'm like oh i didn't even know um no i mean you could just say you're there enough 
for however long you want. Okay. You could just come back whenever. I mean, I just die in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> you just be like everlasting. All right, so you're there for a week. Let's just say that. Okay. So you're there for a week. Do you could really get an understanding of what's going on? Let's just say. So Manny, what would you do? Future. I mean, you can always. There's so much history. You can read about it now. Right. But you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. Like that to me would be cool. I can always go back and read how the car was made or how the light bulb was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can imagine what it's like it being made. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I agree that that would be awesome. But I mean, that's like I feel like that's what people are going to be saying now, like with the internet or the cell phone right. or those. Man, you were alive. Well, Facebook, <laughs> and we're like, yeah, Facebook, like social Facebook. media, social media yeah. in general, right? Facebook. Yeah, we were media, in yeah. college, and it was like, what's right. this thing, Facebook? And meanwhile, right. like, oh, we're, it was the craze, and now you look back, it's like, man, we were the beginning of that right and then we're people are gonna oh how was it being alive when that was created <laughs> we're thinking about it now like dude that's ridiculous uh right. it's not that big of a deal right goose what about you um i don't know i'm kind of torn in between like he wants to go 250 back 250 forward and then just Make stay right even. where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to he's so happy just to be alive at this moment yeah right no now. yeah because going back it is like i would love to experience all the old like things being done being built as from scratch that will make that actually what's going to make the future what it is right so it's like if it wasn't for beginning of the era and like you said in 1900s a lot of stuff wouldn't be around for 500 years forward right so it's just like just watch everything just like evolve from that far back yeah it's and then that far forward it's super interesting. Super interesting. Actually, it's mind blowing. And I still didn't answer the question, but anyway. And you still, he didn't answer Manny's question. Uh, he didn't answer the question that this uh, <laughs> Chrissy Stockton. He didn't answer Gabe's text message. <laughs> this guy's just not answering anything. Yes, Gabe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, that wraps up What Would You Do segment. Email us uh, your. I guess, preference or what will you do if that opportunity presented itself? Uh, I'm talking about the time machine, 500 years forward or 500 years back. I think it'll be interesting to hear some feedback on that. And with that, we are ending podcast episode number five. And I want to wrap it up with two quotes, uh, one from Mahatma Gandhi and the other from Emily Dickinson. So Emily Dickinson says, forever is composed of nows. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. And Mahatma Gandhi says, Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. That's a beautiful way to end this podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.